from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. You're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Diz Boards discussion for May 6, 2010. I'm John Magi, and I'll be your host this week. And I am joined by Corey Martin, Kathy Whirling, Teresa Eccles, and my good friend Kevin Close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you got to cook for us. <laughs> um, Pete Werner, Walter Eccles, and Max Eccles are on an 11 night Mediterranean sailing. They're going to be back with us next week. I'm sure we're going to have tons of stories and rants and fun things to listen to when they get back. Now, this show, for those of you who don't know, is something we've been trying out this year. It's a Dizboards discussion show, and what we're going to do is each of us have identified some threads on the boards that we'd like to talk about. There's one on your shirt, a little loose thread. I got a thread. <laughs> you here, don't pull at that thread? Yeah. Don't pull at that thread. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about why we chose it as a thread we want to talk about, and the rest of us will join in with well, We all chose them because you made us. <laughs> <laughs> giving away our secrets uh this is in place of our email show we'll be doing an email show next week that's where we read your emails and play your voicemails and try to answer your questions if you would like to submit an email to be considered for our next show you can write to us at podcast at wdwinfo.com or you can record a voicemail and send it to us via email or you can just call us at 1-877-310-9662. In the UK, it's 0808-120-2316. And in Australia, 1-800-774-531. One shrimp on the Barbie. I thought he had those all memorized. I did too. I do. <laughs> They're on my hand. They were over here. <laughs> all right, so let's get started. And we're going to, I'm instead of letting you all jump in, I'm going to pick on you. And not the way I pick on Kathy. <laughs> Or Teresa. I'm just going to choose you Ooh. to tell oh, us wow. why you picked the thread. Oh, this is like being in school. And no, it is. Pop really glass. Or being last for volleyball. Really? Dodgeball. Okay, Teresa. We got Teresa. Crap. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now that you got whirling. There was a face that goes along. <laughs> pick Teresa last. Pick me. Pick me. Are you all done? <laughs> yeah, I guess. All right. Teresa's got to be somewhere at 2.30. All right, let's start with Teresa. Teresa, one of the threads you uh, identified was from the Diz Unplugged board, and it was about Beaches and Cream being a table service. It was about her. Restaurant. It was all about me. <laughs> she managed to find a thread that was actually about her. Actually, why I picked this one was the it's, it was such a simple thing that we talked about on the show last week. I didn't give it any more thought other than, okay, I have your opinion now, and I'll move forward. And this thread appeared, and it just blew me away because they were just either pro or for, oh, don't eat there because of this, eat there because of this, don't use your table service. And it just amazed me that the the very strong opinions came out about this one little restaurant. People have very strong opinions about almost every they restaurant do. on Disney property. You know what I'm surprised at? What? What amazes you? <laughs> I'm sorry. It just amazed me. So what did you get from this discussion? Are you going to contemplate not going there? Or are you going to go somewhere else? Well, we're still going to go there. I'm, I don't think we're going to use a table service credit, I think. Because what we're going there for is the atmosphere, the graphics, the furniture, the 
the. I mean, we love that kind of retro. Have you retro. ever been there before? No. Okay, you're so going to be disappointed. Am I? Well, I mean, I, I've I looked in the window. I mean, it's just it's just simple. It's like a little... A it's little, tiny inside. Yeah. It's like a little malt shop, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, no, what, that's what we're going for. It. Yeah. We enjoyed it. It's not a place I'd go to all the time. But the last time I was in there, it was really hot and really crowded. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not... It's not going to make or break my trip if I walk in there and it's... You know, it's a bad experience, but I just... I think you should go and figure it out. I just think it looks like fun, you know. I'm, I'm not going to... We probably won't have a set-down meal to probably go in and I'll get the big sink for myself and <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the family can... And then get the plunger. And really get the plunger. Just watch, you know, if you go, like, prime time eating times, then it does get busy and you might have a wait to get in. But that's okay. But it's, it's I mean, it's it. all part of the experience. Mm-hmm. This is someplace we have never been. And so I'm not going to let people dissuade me from, you know, going. But I, sure, I have yeah. decided not to use a table credit on it. So I think that's. A and I do have idea. a little pocket money to work with now. So. Well, it's also you won't get the value that you would get at a, a regular right. sit-down restaurant. Right. I can't wait till you go there and then your kids see a resort with a good pool. Oh, they've seen it. <laughs> yeah. We were over there one day getting menus, and as opposed to the cement pond. Pop <laughs> 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 century. Because Grace kept saying, when we were doing our, the, you know, working Look, on the challenge, trees. that was Grace's first choice of resort. Let's stay there. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Let me go back and talk to John and see if I can. Squeeze some more money out of that turnip. Squeeze some more money out of it. So, but anyway, that is a beautiful pool area. But that's why this uh, intrigued me, the, the whole heated discussion over. What are you contemplating using those table service credits for? I don't know. I'm open to suggestions. Did you decide on a signature restaurant? No. Yachtsman. It'll, it would probably be Yachtsman. I'm not too big on the African stuff and the. It's got to be something familiar to me. My kids aren't going to be into Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom, Animal Kingdom like, if you flavors. go to Chico, they don't serve warthog. Well, I know, but I'm, I'm, I've seen the menus, but it's just the most popular meal at Chico. I would say is the filet mignon with macaroni and cheese. Really? Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Um. I gotta decide soon, though. I guess very soon, or else you're gonna be eating it, Johnny Rockets, <laughs> or what's the crispers, or I'll trade tables. What's the little place? Not the noodle station. What's the little place? Oh God, did I really say that? Yeah, I did. That's me. What's the little place in um, Tomorrowland with the little dude that sings up front all the time? Oh, um, Sunny Eclipse, um, Cosmic Rays. Yeah, yeah, we eat there all the time. Love it. <laughs> it's fun. It's me. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that's and you. And cream will be a step up. <laughs> All right, let's. Um, in related, something I think is related to that thread where we talked about people hating beaches and cream or loving beaches and cream and being very opinionated. Kevin picked out a thread that um, is on the restaurants board, and it's restaurants that others rave about, but you think, really? So talk to us about that thread. Uh, this was posted by uh, Terry BM or Terry Bum. Um, I just think it's absolutely hilarious that you read through this thread, and it's several pages at this point, and pretty much every restaurant is listed. Mm-hmm. Every restaurant, you really like that? And everybody has a favorite, and everybody has another favorite. I do restaurant reviews for this site. And what, I, like, are there, there's a surprise. Are you all shocked? <gasps> you do. Oh, really? We haven't done there one in like six a, months. Right, so. There isn't enough gasping. Um, but I think I always tell people, listen, this is a subjective thing. It's based on one review. And I do them so people will understand what they're getting into. I think everybody should go and try a place 
whether I give it a good review or not. I think you should form your own opinion because everybody will have a different opinion. And that's what I was telling you about Beaches and Cream. If it's something that appeals to you, you should go do it. You'll know whether it's a great place or a place you would never go back to or someplace you just think, eh. But I think it's really hilarious. I think these kind of threads are always surprising. What should I not do in the Magic Kingdom? And if you read all of the posts... You shouldn't go to the Magic Kingdom. Right. That's what I thought was funny about this thread was every restaurant was listed at least once. <laughs> so, but I can understand where people are coming from because they have a limited amount of time, a limited amount of money, and they don't want to make a bad decision. We've also gone, you and I have gone to restaurants where we've had a horrible experience and thought, I'm never going back there. You know, sometimes we're very mature and we think, okay, well, that was bad, but we'll try it again another time. But then there's other times when you think there was nothing on the menu I liked and there was the service was horrible and the food was cold and... The people were rude, and I'm never going back there. So any experience can be tainted or really, really great. So, I'd also on. recommend for, uh, for people to check out our reviews uh, section of the site. I mean, you have multiple reviews for several locations. I mean, there are average ratings, so the ratings are there for you. You can organize them by which ones are the most popular, which ones are the least popular. It's like if Teresa wants to go check out Beaches and Cream, she would know that it was a 7.82 rating. Out of a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> well, the beauty of Disney is there are so many choices, and well, uh, that's also the, there's the, always going to be something there. But that's also the downfall, right? Exactly, it's and that's why I do restaurant reviews. My re- restaurant reviews are based on I try and do them as if I was a tourist. I try and base them on what's my experience today, right. and when you have four days and five hundred restaurants. You just said, I don't think I would like African food. Well, yeah. if I did a restaurant review of Jico, then you would know kind of that. Have you ever been to Jico? Yeah. A lot. Several times. Yeah, we love it. It's actually one of our favorites. Really? Let mm-hmm. me do this. I want to go around the table and ask everybody what their opinion is. What restaurant do people just go crazy about where you've eaten it and thought, well, it's not that great? Or it's something that doesn't really. Oh, can I go first? Go ahead, Kathy. Le Cellier. We went one time and I thought. You know, the food was great. And I took Katie back the second time, and it was mediocre at best. And yet the people that obsess and, you know, have to be on the phone right at that 180-day mark to get that restaurant, and it's it's sort of built up this whole thing around this restaurant, and then it, it's it's okay. I don't know that it's the best. Something to just go crazy over, and I have yeah, to get I'm, there and eat. I would much rather go to Yachtsman. I ask myself, would Le Cellier survive if it wasn't in Epcot? Would it survive on International Drive? Or would it survive on 192 or Route 50 in downtown Orlando? And I think to myself, it probably wouldn't. No, I, I agree with you. <laughs> really? Yeah. Corey, what about you? Do you have a It's the same. Same thing. Several months ago, we, we were walking through Epcot and just walked up to Le Cellier, just asked them if they had availability, and they did. So we were all excited, really excited, but we left disappointed. You know, we were so happy to find to get a seat there finally, because it's always so it's always booked. My steak was tiny. Yeah, um, the, the service the service was uh, slow. And when you finally get in there, you're shocked at how small it really mm-hmm. is. I had a glass of wine, and it tastes like vinegar. They had to go open another bottle. That's because it was Canadian wine. <laughs> it's made oh, out of molasses. Lord. What? I didn't say a word. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> we left disappointed. Kevin, what about you? Cinderella's Royal Table. I was going to say the same thing. I've never been. Yeah, I understand either. the idea of eating in the castle, but the food is just not up to par. 
The other thing I think that people, but it's not a restaurant that every rave, everybody raves about. I think another real disappointment is Tony's Town Square. That should be a, a flagship restaurant. That should be. That's the first thing you see when you walk into the park. It's right there on Town Square. And I think to myself, that should be the premier restaurant in Disney. Teresa, what about you? I don't really have one in particular, but all the things that you read on the boards about people wanting a, a certain reservation or it's going to make or break their trip, that amazes me because it's food. And it's one meal. It's one meal. Out of your vacation. Yeah. And I... The other I don't th- get that. The other thing that I think is amazing is that you have to have a Dole Whip. That if you go to the Magic Kingdom and don't have a Dole Whip, you're just a loser. And I think to myself, oh my gosh, they're awful. Or, Unless you're having one for Bob. <laughs> I, I, I would do lots of things for Bob, but I don't think having a Dole Whip is one of them. I think or you've got to have the Mickey waffle. You know, I see stuff about that where the person's, you can't Do you remember when we first met and you told me we had to go for Tonga Toast? Mm-hmm. Tonga Toast should come with insulin. <laughs> See, I like Tonga Toast. Yeah, I haven't done that one. It's but the one really that surprised me was Chef Mickey's because, you know, Katie and I aren't into, you know, I don't have little kids. And I always figured it was going to be, like, bad with all the little kids running around. But we actually had a good time. I don't know that the food was all that great. But for the character interaction, that to me was, like, pure Disney. So I wasn't there so much for the food I was there for the atmosphere and you're on the concourse and the monorail is right. going over your head and it's like I agree Chef Mickey's is one of those places where it's all about what's going on around you I love watching the kids interact with the characters and but yet you read posts about people oh my bacon wasn't crisp enough or <laughs> you know this or that and I'm like that's not right. why you went but on the entire opposite end of that same spectrum you go to the Whispering Canyon Cafe, and supposedly you go there for the atmosphere. And I think that's just, you ought to just burn $20 bills in the parking lot. Is now, that the one with the ketchup bottles? Or is that yeah, that's one with the ketchup We bottles. did that when I stayed there last year. We did a breakfast, and they had, it was very understated little things like with the ketchup. Much better than the lunch and the dinner where they're loud and obnoxious. Well, I also think what happens is, the internet is a double-edged sword, mm-hmm. and that sort of is, that's cute when it happens to you, and it's a surprise, and nobody really knows about it, and it's what Disney calls a magical moment. It loses its cuteness when you have families walking in and demanding that this happen to them, and then they're disappointed when it wasn't as stupendous as everybody right. else made it out to be. So expectations are raised to a heightened level to the point where nothing's going to live up to that. You know, it's just, it's difficult. Want me to list some of the lowest rated table service restaurants? I guess. Resort table service restaurants. Oh. Turf Club, one of the worst. Big River Grill and Brewing Works. Grand Floridian Cafe, Boat Rights, and Whispering Canyon Cafe. I would agree with all of those. Actually, I didn't think the Turf Club was that bad. I thought the Turf Club, I guess I would describe it as mediocre and not bad. The other ones I thought were really kind of awful. No, I ate at those places, and I enjoyed them. I, I enjoy Big River. Well, none of those are on my list, so I'm good. But Big River, did you enjoy it because the food was really good? Or did you enjoy it because it was a bar atmosphere and you could have a beer and have a good time? No, I, I enjoy their meatloaf. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really do. You yeah, like we, meatloaf, Corey? I do. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we ate That's there, so and cool. I enjoyed it, and I didn't have any alcoholic beverages. I just, I know what, I, I think I know what kind of atmosphere no, you like. No, definitely the, the brew and their micro brew is a plus, but I do enjoy their uh, their meatloaf. Or the top five. 
I did the low five. Let's see the yeah. top five. Okay. Now these are resort table service, so I need to be. Chico's on there. Grand Floridian, Victorian Alberts. Well, that's based on one review, so it's tough. Uh, Grand Floridian Citricos, based on seven reviews. Blue Zoo. Hmm. Wow. Blue, 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blue Zoo has incredible food. It's ridiculously expensive. It's pricey. But it is some Scary, of the best pricey, some, yeah. of it, some of the best seafood you'll get anywhere. Um, then we have Narcusis, California Grill, and Gico. I would agree with those. I would agree with those too. Again, Victorian Alberts based on one review, I don't think is fair. No. I think uh, that's also an entirely different experience than most people are going to have. I think that's kind of in a league of its own. Like Narcusi is based on 22 reviews and 9.32 rating. I no, think Narcusi is pretty that. spectacular. Right. I also think Citrico's. I think Citrico's is a casual, elegant, nice place to dine. It is. All right. We haven't been there in a while. Yeah, we got to go. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Corey, oops, sorry about that. Corey, you picked out uh, a thread from the, the tips board, and it was, what is your park bag? What is in your park what bag? What is in your park bag? <laughs> That's I, not my bag, baby. And I have to admit, you're like, <laughs> and I have to admit, I don't have a park bag, so there's nothing in mine. <gasps> That's because you have a park Kevin. I do. I have a park Kevin. <laughs> he carries my stuff. Well, this comes from Tiggs14, and like John said, it was posted on the Disney World Tips board. The post is, this will be our first trip without a stroller, which means we need to minimize the amount of stuff we're carrying in our park bag. Looking for advice from those who have done Disney without a stroller on what they feel is absolutely necessary. I'm thinking water bottle, sunscreen, rain ponchos, pain medication, adult and kids, and wipes. We have a five- and six-year-old with us. I guess I can understand, because now that we have a stroller in the park, it's kind of our home base, and yeah. Julie packs that thing with Pack it down. any and everything you can possibly think of, except the one time we forgot sunscreen. Uh, one of the first posts, somebody responds and says, in our bag, uh, medications, antibacterial, gel, Wipes, sunscreen, lip balm with sunscreen, rain ponchos, granola bars and dried fruit, crystal light drink mix packs, a small card with park hours, ADRs, basically your little information card, uh, cash, credit, Disney gift cards. I agree with some of those. I think you need a Sherpa for all I'd, that stuff. I got rid of the ponchos about a year ago. I mean, I still have them, but I don't necessarily take them every time I go to the park. I, I have a hard time thinking about that because if it rains, I'm going home. Yeah. I think it would be different if I was here on vacation and I was doing the whole thing where I went in at park opening and left at park closing. Yeah. I really hate walking around in wet clothes. I have I a whole too. trunk full of ponchos yeah. because I won't take one in and then I buy a new one, <laughs> a new one yeah, and then too. I leave it in the trunk and then the next time it rains. So. I have a harder time. If I... Buy a poncho, I'll only wear it till I take it off. Because you can never fold them back up. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you can't. One thing I would uh, suggest, though, is to bring, uh, if, you have, if you have a digital camera, bring extra batteries for it. Mm -hmm. if, it's, if you have a rechargeable or disposable. And also check your memory stick. If, it's, if you have a, a high-capacity one, you might not have to bring an extra one. But you do not want to buy the stuff inside the park. No. It's expensive. Are, right. Sunscreen is really expensive. Yeah. I found this really cool. It's uh, made by Neutrogena. It's a little, it's, it's like a push-up deodorant. It looks like a little stick. I've seen this. And they're dry and they're not oily. And I think having one of those with you is a really good idea. And it's small instead of the giant economy family. You know, don't take your big 
full-size products in. Also, yeah. you see the kids walking around and they look like they've been frosted, like they're a mm-hmm. cupcake. Because yeah. mom didn't, mom just slapped it on them and they've got this like, white frosting all over them <laughs> where it wasn't rubbed in. I would also say bring identification because on that thread, a lot of people just said, I bring my room key. Well, what if something should happen? You don't have your driver's license. You don't have like your medical card. I know that we don't want to think of those kind of things, but you're not going to get real far at most places with just your room. Case. I don't think you should go anywhere without your identification no, right in your down. pocket. Sometimes if you purchase things with a credit card at Disney, they have to see ID. Yeah. Right. Also, they had small children. Um, whether you have small children or not, I would put some sort of snack in there for sure. Because waiting in line for something, sometimes you just... Blood sugar yeah. goes. Yeah. you got to have... I always have some something in there. Someone That's also responded that... Uh, with small children, an autograph book and mm-hmm. autograph pens. Yeah. I always have pen and paper in there. Small pad of paper. I apologize. Yeah. I keep interrupting. Snacking while you're in line can also be a distraction. It's also a great way to use downtime rather than stopping for a snack oh, between yeah. things. It's a great thing to do while you're waiting in line, you know? And yeah. I would also say if you don't necessarily have little kids, wear pants with a lot of pockets. And then that way you don't have to go through the bag check. That's what I do like when I go to the parks and I look like I've, you know. Locked everything in my pocket. I'm pockets, always amazed at the way people enough. complain about part bag check. I never worry about that. It takes about 40 seconds. Oh, I know. But I mean, you know, like in my case, if I'm headed into the park to do something. Also, you don't want to carry a bag. It's right. easier to put stuff in your pocket. Yeah. You just, you know, extra batteries, your keys, you know. <coughs> it depends how you tour the park. Like, I'm not in the park all day, so I don't need to bring. Your Glock 50. Yeah. <laughs> See, I do t- I, I, I'm not there all day, but I do take a bag. And not only what in the bag, I think about what type of bag. I go for a very, very lightweight canvas or cotton bag because the stuff inside, it's going to be heavy enough. All right. Thank you guys for that. Let's move on to Kathy. Kathy picked out one um, from the theme parks board, and it was one of my best days at Disney was dot, dot, dot. Yes. That was... um, Correct. (laughs) You are correct. I always have to put on my glasses. She's so cute in those glasses. They're really cute. (laughs) They're like Lady Gaga. Yeah, it's, I'm making a personal statement. She's Lady Kaka. So, K A K A. That sounds like my African name. Um, I did. She's the I, only friend I have who can say that. She has an African name. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny. Is I was talking to Kathy's friends, and did you know that for short they just called her? <laughs> <laughs> that never gets old. That never gets name. old, does it? Uh, Is anybody else getting hot in here? It's <laughs> warm. Well, okay. after I copied this off the website, it didn't put the person's name that um, started the thread, so I apologize. But um, this person um, mentioned that their their best day was in 2006. They went on Thanksgiving Day, and they got into Magic Kingdom early and rode Snow White's Scary Adventure, Winnie the Pooh, Peter Pan's Flight, Cinderella's Carousel, it's a Small World and Pirates of the Caribbean, and they had lunch at Pinocchio Village House. And they caught up with um, some family members later, but that morning was special to them. Um, I think we all have stories like that, but I think my personal story was um, it was at the resorts. And do you ever have one of those days where almost like breathing is funny? Hmm. Okay. What, what, Teresa what always has those days. But it was a day like the kids started off in the pool at Caribbean Beach, and they were in a mood, and we had Pringles, and they were, like, jumping up out of the water like they were dolphins to get the Pringles. Now, I know that sounds really corny, 
But we just had... Sounds like we should call child services. We just had the best time. <laughs> I was there with my Here, two sisters. Here's your lunch. <laughs> you know, the, the, kids, the kids started this, but we just had a, a good old time, and we were sitting around the pool, and we were laughing, and just at that point, I think everything, and we hadn't had alcohol or anything. We were just enjoying our Disney vacation, and eventually security came to check to see if we were having alcohol or whatever. Um, they came and they arranged the chairs and they looked like behind the chairs. They looked in the bushes. This was over the course, I guess, people were calling a couple of times. But we were just having good, clean fun at Disney. And to this day, we also talk about this day that we had, that it was like our magical moment. Was this recently? No, this was... Yes, last week Katie was jumping up out of the pool for a Pringles. <laughs> this was I was trying to get a mental picture. How many years have I like ten years ago maybe. Okay. But um that and the first time my kids got to see Magic Kingdom after their dad died, the first time we came. And the look of all the pictures that I've ever taken in my life, I wish I would have taken a picture at that moment to see my kids go back to being kids. And that to me was priceless and I don't have that picture. So, have your have your cameras ready all the time. God, I thought I was going to make it through this day without crying. I'm good. Stop pinching her, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you make Teresa cry? Really? Anybody else have? Uh, I have a couple. Go ahead. Uh, we were in the Magic Kingdom on New Year's Eve in 1973, and we have photographs of that. And if I look back through them. Um, I was 13, 14, but I th- remember, uh, we were with my aunt and uncle and this was before they had kids. And I remember being an absolutely magical time. And if you look back through the pictures, I can, everybody in the pictures look like they're having the time of their lives. I also remember one night that, um, it was early on when John and I met and we went to the food and wine festival and it had started to drizzle. And it was you and I walking through the Food and Wine Festival. It was pretty much all by ourselves. And we had a really good time. I remember that. I like looking at all the old pictures and seeing everybody in the parks with knee socks on. (laughs) That was fun. Knee socks. And I still think it's cool. I mean, how many times have I gone to the parks over the years? I still get goosebumps when I go in. That's that's, always our check. It's like gut goosebumps. That's one of my favorite times is the very first time you walk in and... You look at your kids, and you're like, oh, my God, look where we are. This is so cool. Mm-hmm. But my favorite time in recent um, memory is the girls and I at Epcot, and Stella in her painful shoes. And I knew they were going to be painful before we left the house, but I let her wear them anyway because they were styling. We get there, you know, we haven't even passed the big ball, and she's crying for her painful feet. And she talks me into buying new shoes. What do you do with the old ones? Grace placed them in the middle of a major walkway like someone had just walked out of them and we sat back behind a bush and watched the activity and just laughed our heads off as people stopped and looked and pointed and and then till some little oriental woman just walked by nonchalantly bent her knees slightly scooped down picked him up and walked <laughs> but it was just so funny just so random you know but that's you know that's all about grace but it's it's fun it's not the I got an every ride type of experience mm-hmm. that you remember. It's those little one-off things. Yeah, I've told this story before. When I first moved here, all I worked, but 
I kept thinking about how I was going to go to Disney. And I called in sick one day. Uh, well, I called in and uh, was going to call in. I worked in the afternoon into the evening. And I went to Disney in the morning. And I went to the midway point down uh, Main Street. And in one of those little alcoves, there was tele- uh, telephones. And I called my boss. And it was really quiet. And I told him I wasn't coming in because I didn't feel good. And in the middle of that phone call, the door behind me opened and a marching band came out. <laughs> and he said to me, are you sick in the Magic Kingdom? And I said, I am. He said, okay, you feel better now. And never, never mentioned it, but it was one of those things when I was trying to be slick and the marching band called or started playing the Mickey Mouse review or something. Mickey Mouse March. Corey, do you have one? Well, we're bringing Ferris to the to the Magic Kingdom on Thursday, so I'll have a bunch then. We have a babysitter okay. where we're leaving Finley home because we don't want to have a deal with an infant and Ferris. It's just going to be us three, Ferris, and the Magic Kingdom. Oh, we're going nice. to do as many rides as possible. The last time he went was uh, his first haircut. That was memorable. But I think doing all the Fantasyland attractions, yeah. that's going to be fun. We were invited to a press event. Was it for the 100 Years of Magic celebration or was it for one of the I celebrations? I think it was 50 years, wasn't it? But it was a world, it was a park-wide celebration. Right, because they did that for the 50 years in Disneyland? I don't remember which one it was, but we were at Epcot, and it was just an incredible event. They closed the park down, and they were, there was food everywhere, and that night the B-52s Ooh. were performing in Epcot. Wow. And we were in the crowd. Kevin and I were in the crowd, and everybody else was around and taking pictures and going crazy. And we're watching the B-52s in the middle of Epcot. And I have to go back a second. There's a Will and Grace episode. You guys watch Will and Grace? Mm-hmm. Where they go on a bike ride. It's the autumn episode, and they go in the country to pick pumpkins. And, and Will gets set up with a diminutive gentleman. And... Uh, Jack coins the phrase, what you have there is a pocket gay. Because he was so small, he was a pocket gay. (laughs) So we're in the crowd of the Dancing of the B-52s, and I look over and I go, Kevin, that's the pocket gay. We were dancing next to the guy who was in this TV show. That's neat. It was funny. And he is. He's like five feet tall, and he had like a seven-foot-tall girlfriend. Wow. That was the same night I ran into an old boss of mine who's a bit of a snob. Mm Mm-hmm. An hour at it, there were different levels of access pass. I don't remember what the best one was, but the best one was like the purple access pass, and that meant you were invited to absolutely everything. But there was like a silver pass and a, a green pass. And I ran into an ex boss of mine, and I had the all access pass. I had access to absolutely everything, and he didn't. That's and he just cool. stood there and wanted to. He asked me, "How did you get that?" I said, "I'm much more important than you are." <laughs> <laughs> Take it the, back a notch. You were dancing, John? I was To yes. the B-52s? Mm-hmm. I was dancing wow. to the b 52 They set up the B-52s stage. Not many at the things will of, get me to dance. The B-52s will. They set it up at the end of the International Fountain or whatever it's called. So as you were looking at the B-52s spaceship Earth, that's up to you at that big ball. The big yeah. ball. And then they had it. other planets filled with lights and helium floating oh, cool. around that concourse. Awesome. awesome. And yeah. the B-52s were hot. It was a fun night. Oh, that sounds better than our uh, Joe Jonas and Lovato. <laughs> I mean, that was cool. But the B-52s. In the of, yeah. And I have to tell that. you, the B-52s are um, one of my favorite groups of all time. So it was just... Was that also the day that uh, Julie Andrews was there? Well, she was in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> uh, 
this was, I mean, the whole weekend was nothing but laughing because Kevin decided he was going to go touch Julie Andrews because we had found out that she was going to be there and she was going to introduce or dedicate or do some kind of speech. I asked everyone. To touch her? No. <laughs> she came out on the Castle Forecourt stage at the Magic Kingdom and she was surrounded by like 80 beefy bodyguards mm. and she stood there in her white princess diary suit and said about 10 words and left. And Did you try to go forward? or did you Oh, just... yeah. Oh, yeah. I was up close. I'm Kevin. He went I'm as Kevin. far as he could go without That was the same arrested. day I met um, Paige Davis from Trading Spaces. Trading Spaces. Right, Paige Davis. Well, there was also, there was a press area in front of the castle while uh, Wayne Brady talked about the 50 it was the 50th anniversary because they kept showing scenes of disneyland right and he was introducing people and stuff like that and i said to bob let's go and let's go sit in the press area and bob kept saying we can't sit in the press area we're not press i said just act like you know what you're doing so we went and sat in the press area Mm -hmm. well come to find out the press area was in this like wooden boxed off area so it was about 300 degrees (laughs) but i met Paige davis and then that night at epcot got to meet samantha brown oh wow so it was a great day. It was a fun weekend for sure. It was like a good times. It was good times. Was that the same press event with the bare naked ladies? Yes. Yes. The bare naked ladies. Wow. That was awesome. Do you know who was in the crowd that night? Well, first of all, Me. it was um, one of the. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of InSync who was at absolutely everything. Joey Fatone. Uh, Joey Fatone was there. Um, we ran into Patrick Warburton. Oh wow, that would have been cool. We ran into Alan Cumming. Um, oh yeah. He was in. One of those movies that I didn't like. The <laughs> X-Men. Narrows <laughs> it down, yes. He was, in, he was in one of the X-Men movies. Um, we, it seemed Famous like, actor. Uh, it seemed like that year, all of The Apprentice, this was before it was The Celebrity Apprentice, all of those people. So every place you turned around, there was somebody you mm. recognized. It was fun. Wow. All right. I'm going to talk about my thread right now. The one I picked out was, I'm trying to find my information was for the, from the transportation board. And it was fun or useful apps for a long drive. And this was started by somebody who I can't pronounce, Jajone, Jajoni. And he and or she says, I'm looking for suggestions for a 24-hour drive, such as gas station finder, restaurant finder, road games, etc. We have two iPhones and two iPod touches uh, with us so all can play. Uh, well, some people suggested a couple of different things, mostly games that they could play and keep themselves occupied in the car. But I did a little quick search, and I found this um, website that's a social media uh, guide website, and it's called Mashable.com. Have you heard of it, Corey? Mm-hmm. And they list they had a blog for 11 essential iPhone apps for a road trip. And there's things like Maps Buddy. It's an application that makes searching for Google Maps easy. Uh, Simul Travel GPS. Uh, if you're looking for a hotel for the night, a great uh, app that locates hotels hotels near your location and provides pricing and details about uh, each hotel. Urban Spoon. Well, I have that one. Do you have that one? I have that one. And it says food nearby for you. Um, I thought this was really cool. I mean, of course, you want to you want to have the uh, Diz app e ticket. Yeah. Go I would plug in there. The so, Amazon app, also the Kindle app. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. But that's if you want to just read by yourself. I mean, they were looking for well, the, car trips are more fun when you read to other people. <laughs> are they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Those are some of my best memories as I a kid. I think if you're doing a 24-hour trip, you might want some quiet time in there, too. Yeah. I have an app that I think is great on airplanes or car trips. It's called Ambiance. And what it is is it's white noise. And I used it on oh, the I airplane that, ride. Yeah. And you have your choice, and some of them are pretty obscure. It's like crickets in a glass bottle or, you know, toilets yeah. flushing in outer space. But they're all just white noise, and they cancel out the noise around yeah, you. Stuff, yeah. I use I've that got, for Finley. Do you? If yeah. she's crying, I just put my little white noise app on, and it kind of calms her down. Try that one As still. opposed to feeding or changing her? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I like the have to pee app. I, I use that, that a lot with... It makes you have to pee? No. It, if you have to pee, it finds a location for you if you're driving down the road. Also, Stop I like... car, open door. That's right. doesn't work with some of the people. I also like the I Want app, and it will find restaurants, hotels, food, booze, shopping. You can do a search. Um, one night we wanted Krispy Kreme donuts, and I wasn't sure which place I was closer to. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what would get me Krispy Kreme quicker? <laughs> I have a Scrabble app, which allows you to play with other people. Tic-Tac-Toe is a good one, too. That's good for ki- small kids. Also, uh, an app I like for when I'm traveling is my bank app. You can mm-hmm. keep track of what you got, how much that money you got. That is fun on a car trip. Let's pay bills. I mean, it's not fun. <laughs> but, it, you know, if you're, if you're watching finances, it's a good, you know... I, the app I use most on my iPhone is a game I downloaded like when I first got it. It's called Drop 7. And it's kind of a Tetris kind of game. It's that basic principle, but it's the one I use the most often. Hmm. But that's not a shared game. You can't play yeah. it. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't. solitaire. I, I do that more than anything. Face melter's fun if you just want to take pictures of each other and do funky things to their faces. That's always fun. Another one that you can play a game you can play with uh, other people is a game called... Um, Doodle jump? I don't know. Hang on, let me tell you what it is. Blowfish is good too. <laughs> Some of the more um, useful, not game related apps that the site mentions, things like Wi Fi track, where you can find the closest Wi Fi hotspot, road trip, a comprehensive road, comprehensive road trip app uh, that allows you to track mileage, fuel prices, graph out trip expenses. And even export the data to a CVS CSV file um, that you can use on Stella, your Stella's favorite is called iPain. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Oh, one. I have that one. It's like different levels of it's all these little smiley faces, and then you push them, and it's like different sounds of pain. Oh, hang on. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> Stella's a special child. <laughs> <laughs> Or there's the pop, <laughs> pop the bubble. Oh yes, um, bubble wrap. That's bubble wrap, good too. Yeah. And you can you can play that like time uh-huh. against people. Oh, I did it so well. Ma- I I whipped Max on that when I went on to mm-hmm. the next level for popping bubbles. I would also recommend Pandora Radio. And if you have um, something that can uh, you play that in the car, hook it to your car. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have an auxiliary jack or one of those. Things where you can plug it into a lighter or something, where you can play your iPhone in the car. It's great. You can set up a music station with pretty much any specifics you want. When we were kids, what did we do on road trips? We played games Hurt like license plate. You know, remember looking for license plates? When and- I 
before the internet was a big deal and we used to take road trips to go to the beach, I made a packet for all the kids yeah. that had like word search puzzles and oh, fill I still in the do blanks that. Well, that Max, but yeah, spot the that. license plates mm-hmm. that my kids still talk about it and so does my niece talk about it to this day. Like, yeah. Aunt Kathy, you're going to make us a packet when we go We on used a trip. to play a game called the alphabet game where you had to find in order the letters of the alphabet on signs. Yeah. Q and Z were hard and X. And how about, you know, cows and then you and know, the count barn. the cows? Yeah. And then you had to, you know, if you went past the graveyard, you had to bury your cows and start over. Punch bug. Yeah. Yeah, we do a version of that with uh, red cars. How many red cars you see? And I guess we're the only ones who played who could say quiet the longest. Oh, we play that. That's, <laughs> we, we call it the quiet game. Nobody who ever wants to sit up car. front. We play where's the beep jerky? Where's the beep jerky? <laughs> <laughs> who, ate, who just ate the beep jerky? <laughs> Is that legal? <laughs> Not the same game. Oh. <laughs> Let's look at another thread. Let's look at... Um, pick me, pick me. Teresa. Which one do you want to talk about? I don't know. You apparently wanted to go. Which okay. one do you want to talk about? On the budget board, I found one called Park Hopper. Is it worth it? And the people were split on this, too. I personally don't think it's worth it. Yes. Do you? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Depends. It, it just depends. It depends on what you want to get out of it. Um, depends on how many times you've been here. Yeah. If you're familiar with different parks, if you know how to work the transportation system, if there are time-sensitive things that you want to see in different parks. What was the consensus on that board? It was uh, split right down the middle. When I got I, everything I read, it was either do it or it's not worth it. We never do it. Or sometimes we do it if... You know, if we're at one, like Animal Kingdom, when they close early, we would go over to Epcot for dinner. Depends on where they're staying. If they're staying on the on one of the resorts on the monorail, yes, park hop. If not, you know, I mean, it was it was pretty wide open. Some we, good advice on that thread, too, was yeah. um, wait until you get there to add it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can add it later, and if you decide, oh, I really want it, then you won't have paid for it up front. We did it so that you go to one park in the morning, and then, like I recommend to everybody, you know, you take that afternoon break and go back to your resort, and then we'd go to a different park at night. And we we did that from the very first time we ever came. I think it. uh, I think people assume that there's some sort of pneumatic tube that's going to whisk you from one park to another. I think there's also this illusion that it takes only a few minutes to get from park to park. I think it. That's kind of where I was going with the pneumatic. But I, I mean, like, even naps. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that you've got, you know, people think they're closer to each other than they right. are. But see, we always thought of like taking the bus or the monorail um, as part of the adventure. You know, not like that you had to. Your kids oh, were just happy to be nappy jumping up for their food. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just always, you know, whether it's the tram or whatever it was, that that's part of the adventure of getting there. It's not like. You know, we have to do this before we can get to a park. For us, it was always wanting to see what you wanted to see. Because if you wanted to see a certain fireworks show, you had to be in a certain park at this time. If you wanted to see a certain parade, you had to be in a park yeah, at this I've time. Yeah, but I've traveled with your family. No, I'm talking about this is before oh, meeting you where it's... With John's family, they they don't understand that most of the parks are a great big circle. That's my brother, Mark. And you can work your way around the circle and see everything. No, John's brother, Mark wants to see the great movie ride and then he wants to ride Tower, Tower of Terror. Terror and then he wants to ride Star Wars and you explain to him, no! <laughs> There's a way to do this without bouncing back and forth like a ping pong ball. The Z-plan, huh? Exactly. <laughs> we were in uh, 
Universal Studios, and we were over in Dr. Seuss Landing, and he goes, okay, now I want to ride Jurassic Park. And I thought, that's on the other side of the park. We're going to get there eventually. You just wait. No, we walked to Jurassic Park. Then he said, now I'd like to ride the Hulk. Oh, my gosh. I thought, I'm going home. (laughs) Wow. So... I think that's one of those things. That's a personal decision. Yeah. How do you think you're going to tour the parks? How do you think you're going to get the most money out of it? But go back to your hotel and take oh. a nap and then come back <laughs> later on. <laughs> like that. And I would also mention, because this comes up a lot of times on the board, that people think that if they just buy extra park days, that they could use an extra day to park hop. You know how like the tickets get cheaper the more days you buy? That if they're staying for five, maybe they think that they can buy seven and then just use like day six or day seven to go to a second park. You can't do that. You either have to have a park hopper or you can't hop. Unless you have two tickets and then you could use one ticket in the morning and one ticket right. at night. I was going to say, you could buy a separate ticket. Right. Because let's use the one ticket on each. But most people, that's, that's not, not really what price. Trying. Yeah, that's, effective. Not, that's yeah. not effective. Park hopping can eat up a lot of time. So you really have to use it the right way. I mean, you know, being there in the morning and then deciding, now I want to go ride Soren, but we'll come back here later. That's going to chew up a lot of your day. Or I used to come down on a, like a long weekend. And for me, a park hopper was great because then I could do a couple parks in a day. So I could say, you know, I was to more parks in a shorter period of time. We used to start trying and see if we could hit all four parks in one day and do something in each park. Wow. And was that fun? It was then. <laughs> It was, but we had been here several times and felt like we were kind of good at it. So then it became, let's see how we can sort of see if we can do. Can't do it in this heat. No. Mm No. All right. Let's do one more. Uh, Kathy, you had one that I thought was interesting and I think people get a lot out of. It's on the Disney Cruise Line board and is what is the last morning of the cruise like? And what the person's referring to is after your cruise is over and you have to leave the boat that day. Right. A lot of people want to know what the process is, what you have to do, and also what the experience is like. It's funny because when you go to go on your cruise, everybody wants to get on the ship early. And then when it's time to leave, everybody wants to drag it out as long as they can and they forget that, you know, there's that whole batch of anxious people sitting in the terminal waiting to get on the ship. But um, I didn't read every post on this one, but the one, there was one on this last week or so. First thing you want to think of is when you're packing your suitcase that you make sure that you have clothes to get off the ship with because that happened to us that Katie was so worried that I was going to forget how to pack my suitcase that she packed like some of my clothes and some of her clothes. That, Did you get off in your jammies? No, I didn't, but she um, she had forgotten some of her things, and she had packed my shoes. So I took her shoes, and she had to walk off. Without shoes? <laughs> yes, without shoes, <laughs> because she minded my business. Oh, that's and I funny. Said, you know, it wasn't, I knew what to do, but you're going to pack the night before, or you can bring it with you that next morning, but they want you out of your room like by 8 o'clock in the morning. Was that her first cruise? Uh, no, no, it wasn't. No. And she thought by then we had, um, you know, I, I must have forgotten. Were you still something. holding food over her head? <laughs> did, did anybody say anything to her as she walked out with no, her No, she just sort of walked out with attitude like she meant to walk out barefoot. 
That's funny. But you you can leave your suitcases, you know, in your room and take them off the ship with you in the morning. But I think it's much nicer when you let them take your luggage the night before so that you just walk off with your, you know, like your carry bag or whatever you have. But you have to be out of the room by 8 o'clock. And a lot of people think, well, I'll just dilly-dally in the room. And trust me, the, the stateroom attendant is knocking on your door that they want you out of there. And how they, as far as meals go, what they want you to do, or you have the option of, you know, depending on what dinner seating you had the night before is what time you would eat breakfast in the restaurant on the ship, that you have to be down there at a certain time. Or you could go up to the um, buffet up on deck nine and have your breakfast. We usually, you know, take our stuff, go up and have, you know, a little something to, to ease the pain of getting off the ship. Now, Shutters is still open, correct? If you want your photos last minute, you know, I really do want that photo. You can go down there. And John it. and I are the type that as soon as they open the door, <laughs> we're off the ship. Well, we're off pretty soon thereafter. And the, and the thing that I like about the Disney ship is that when, it's, when they open the doors, when they've cleared the ship, you're free to go. It's not like you have to wait in a certain area and they let so many people off. It's really pretty slick how it that all That is how it's done with Royal Caribbean. Royal Caribbean, right, you're called by color, color or They're, something. You're given color. certain color tags, and the purple group can get off now. But I, I do have to say that Royal Caribbean's luggage retrieval system is far less evolved than Disney Cruise Line. Disney Uh-oh. Cruise Line makes it very easy to get off the ship. And when we traveled with Bob on Royal Caribbean, it was always he was always scamming to get the first tickets off. I got his white tickets. <laughs> Good for you, Bob. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. He'd say to us, like, if the cruise was Saturday to Saturday, he'd say to us on Tuesday, I'm going to ask for white tickets. And I think, Bob, it's Tuesday. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not thinking about packing yet. And I think one of the best pieces of advice that I got before I cruised for the first time was take advantage of the porter that's waiting when you, you get off the ship and you go across the little bridge and you go down the escalator. There's porters all lined up. And they go, do you need help? Take advantage of the porter. You're going to tip them. But they'll walk you over, you know, they know the system. They know exactly where your luggage is going to be. And it takes them all of, what, maybe 30 seconds to pick up your luggage. And uh, you know, make sure that you understand that these guys work for tips. If they're taking the bags all the way out to the car with me, we usually go five a bag. Yeah. That's what we did last time for the podcast cruise. We had a lot of stuff, right. you know, the banners for the podcast, and we tipped the guy nice. Because you got to think, too, that that's cutting it as the more you have, the more that's getting right. into their time to go back and help somebody else. Right. And to turn over. To turn over. And we're not light packers on a cruise. Only because, you know, you're not charged, like, for overweight luggage on an airplane. So we our bags are usually pretty heavy, and there's a couple of them. So. And now, lately, since they're doing the construction down there, isn't it like a longer walk? I know the last time we cruised, it was a longer walk to the parking lot for the way they had things I don't know, Kathy, off, so. I haven't been since I've been doing construction. Oh, how sad. How <laughs> sad for you. Um, one of the other things you want to take care of the morning you leave is to drop off your comment card. There'll be a little box uh, as you exit the ship. And I think Kathy talked about this. It's really, it's just polite to get off the ship as in as timely a fashion as possible mm-hmm. because just as excited as you were to get on the ship, there's somebody waiting to take your place. I'm going to speak on behalf of the town car companies because I know that this is a big issue with them that when somebody says they're going to come out and be there at 8 o'clock and they don't get out there till 9, that driver is just standing there waiting, and they have to go back to Disney and bring other people back to the cruise ship. So if you do have a town car service and you said that you're going to be out there at 8, 
be out there at eight. Don't just wait around and, you know, this guy's out there waiting. They're not, this isn't a chartered vehicle. They're there to. They have other runs they have to do. Um, You want to, some of the things you can do the morning you leave is you can tip your wait staff at that time. Do it the night before. Mm -hmm. Try to give them their tips at dinner. That'll just save you some time. Um, Also take care of your room bill the night before so that that's not something that you're waiting in line to take care of. Most people leave a credit card on file, and that's just taken care of automatically. Don't forget to get all the soaps and (laughs) (laughs) the H2O products that you can carry. You know, it's just the the good thing about Disney is that Disney Cruise Line is that they tell you everything you can expect. The night before, you're going to get a little piece of paper, talks about getting off the ship, what you can do. What to expect? They you usually run that movie. Yeah, it's the last say it's couple also, of days yeah, too. It's the loop. Playing on the ship. Yeah, you can go to any cast member and ask them if you have any questions. So it's definitely painless. I, you know, going into it for the first time last year, I, I was worried about all of these things. I don't know if painless is the right word. Getting off the ship is kind of well, painful. It, it they make it easy for it's you. It's just it, easy. Yeah, it's they just, make it not scary. Yeah, just follow the crowd. Right, and don't panic. I mean, you'll figure out what to do. It's not rocket science. All right, I know I said that was the last thread, but there was actually one more I wanted to bring up that Kevin picked out, and I think I want to do it because it's timely. And it was on the Unplugged board, and it's titled, U.S. Cousins Help Us Brits. I picked this one because it has to do with the oil spill in the Gulf, and Flightman, who is from the U.K., has uh, explained that he's thinking of or is taking a west coast florida vacation and is looking for updates apparently he's assuming that updates in the u.s and especially in florida are more timely than those in the uk where i'm sure they're just getting a broader overview uh i talked about this in the last show one of the things that was suggested i think it's a great idea is you can go to floridadisasters.org www.floridadisaster.org Org. You also can go to one of the local TV stations. I usually, when I'm doing this, go to WES, excuse me, WESH, which is uh, one of Orlando's local television stations. I find their news to be kind of up to date. Kathy, you usually use a different one for the weather. What was it? WFTV. That's another one, and I forget what the third call letters are, but if you look, you're looking for information on that. The other thing is ask on the Unplugged Board. We're all here, and we can give you as up-to-data information as possible. Uh, however, none of us can predict what's going to happen. All we're doing is getting the same information that they're putting out through these different outlets, information outlets. No one really knows what's going to happen. Things are like uh, weather, wind direction, whether or not the oil hits the Gulf Stream, etc. That's going to make huge impact on what happens and where it goes. So, I and just if they're w- renting like a condo from somebody, be in touch with whoever you rented from. That's a good point. Right. Because, you know, they're going to be able to tell you what's going on where they're at. As we said in the earlier show, while the ramifications of this will affect everyone, this isn't really affecting Central Florida as far as your vacation because we're not on the coast. Granted, it's going to affect you in higher gas prices and higher prices for seafood if you can get it. And, you know, things. the cleanup is eventually going to affect us all. But it's not really affecting the Disney Orlando area as far as closures or anything like that. So one of the interesting things I saw was um, the uh, Coast Guard 
uh, Army Corps of Engineers and um, I can't think of the other branch that's doing it, is setting up barricades along the coastlines. I saw that. That are these fancy sort of like oil traps that will trap the oil. So it's like, okay, now the oil's not going to reach the beach, but you really can't swim in the ocean because there's this giant trap in the water. Right. So even that could affect your vacation as well. Mm -hmm. So keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it for folks too and make sure we update people as uh, the situation changes. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you guys for uh, contributing this week and giving us some threads to talk about. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Join us next week when we do an email show instead of the Dizboard show. And we welcome back Pete, Walter, and Max. Mm -hmm.